welcome to the Humans and Earth podcast. We bring you inspiration and practical resources for healing our planet and ourselves. It's time for soulful contributions that regenerate life on Earth. I'm Shara Arman, a thought leader and teacher who believes we're ready to renew Earth and heal ourselves in the process. You can find our work online at humansandearth.com and on Instagram at schoolhumansearth. I'd love for you to be on our newsletter list and receive our updates on Instagram. Please share our work at the School for Humans and Earth with anyone you think might be interested and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast so that we can include more and more people in the regeneration revolution that I believe is happening on planet Earth. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome back to Humans and Earth. I am happy to be here with you. The podcast has been quiet while I have worked on some internal development, helped my child with college applications, and handled a busy semester of teaching. I'm also currently finishing an article about some scientists who are advocating that intuitive communication with the natural world should be part of scientific inquiry. Upcoming on the podcast, I have in mind to bring in some dynamic guests whose work I'm excited about, and I may be bringing forward more episodes related to personal healing and transformation, not only because those are long-term passions of mine, but because more and more I see how our individual development impacts what happens for humans collectively and how we treat our planet. So today I'm bringing you this episode on what I'm calling the democracy of frequency. Here's what this is about. We all get to choose in any moment what frequency we are holding, whether it's rage or despair, joy or peace, fear or irritation, love or inspiration, discontent or gratitude. As wise voices such as recent Nobel Peace Prize laureate Nargus Mohammadi, who is in prison in Iran for standing up for women's rights, Nelson Mandela, Elie Wiesel, and Immaculate Ilibagiza have taught us, even when we are imprisoned in dire circumstances, we have a choice about the frequency we are holding what our internal energetic and emotional state is, and what we are then able to offer to the world. If people such as Mohammadi, Mandela, Ilabagiza, and Wiesel have curated their frequency in extreme circumstances, we might say that those of us who are not suffering imprisonment or warfare have no excuse not to practice cultivating our frequency deliberately. Indeed, Any of us can feel stressed about work or housework, interpersonal challenges, life disappointments, our health or the state of the world. But truly, 
in literally almost every life situation, we have a choice as to which energies we are running in response to what we're experiencing and observing. After decades of spiritual studies, self-development, and personal healing, I've come to believe that the most transformational act any human can accomplish is to deliberately choose her or his frequency in any moment or day, and to choose to hold frequencies that are as high, bright, and regenerative as possible. This is literally how we heal our planet, ourselves, and conflict among people. So many spiritual teachers have brought forth this message, along with psychologists, peace activists, and others. And this is a particularly exciting time because now countless people are discussing this insight. It's becoming available to almost anyone. Ancient religions and cultures have taught this to some extent, especially in their mystical versions. That's a topic I have the expertise to discuss, so let me know if you're interested and I can work up a podcast episode on it. But I want to focus elsewhere today. Current teachings on frequency include those of Abraham Hicks, Sarah Landon, R.J. Spina, Jules Arnez, Sandra Walter, Patricia Cotal robles Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer, Anita Morjani, and so many others. In recent years, an abundance of people have been showing us how choosing the energy we are running heals and transforms our lives and the ways we treat others. As teachers such as Sandra Walter, Patricia Cota Robles, Natalie Glasson, and Daniel Scranton show us so patiently, choosing our energetic state is also perhaps our highest contribution to healing our planet and harmonizing the human-Earth relationship. This is because, in so many ways, planet Earth operates as a democracy of interconnected lives or a grand symbiotic system in which countless lives are intertwined, continually influencing one another via our frequency, decisions, and actions. How each person or organism functions influences others. Listen to episodes 44 and 52 on regenerative collaboration for more on the science and spirituality of this. For now though, let's just briefly note some ways that this is true. Although it's part of our reality that certain big forces such as government and corporations hold large influence on planet Earth, it's also true that the choices made by individuals and groups of citizens hold large influence and can create massive change. We are continually influencing one another in the democracy of frequency. For example, extending voting rights to women or creating laws to protect nature are choices made by citizens and citizen groups after a few people influence the many. The same is true with choices to engage in more sustainable ways of living rather than those that harm Earth or to practice peaceful conflict resolution in relationships. As we see increases in choices to participate in home gardening, environmentally conscious eating, or the purchase of environmentally safer home products or vehicles, we see economies shifting. As individuals choose to support social equality for all people, nonviolent conflict resolution, or animal rights, we see society's ways of functioning shift. This is the democracy of frequency 
in which everyone votes through the energy they hold and the ways they choose to act. Choices that bring benefit typically evolve from higher frequency internal states, such as compassion, reverence for life, care for self and others, or a desire for all beings to flourish. I think we all can observe that people who curate their own frequency are often a blessing to others. Those who cultivate inner acceptance, peace, compassion, and joy tend to be steady, loving, compassionate presences to others. They tend to advocate for listening, conflict resolution, and sharing. Look around you. I think you'll find that people who deliberately hone their own frequency may be more likely to be a beneficial influence in the world. As more of us find inner acceptance, peace, compassion, self-forgiveness, and joy, those states of being will be more present everywhere as we extend them to the people in our lives. Think of it this way. Each of us is like a flame of energy. Whatever color or frequency we burn and emit influences the color and frequency of the world around us. In the democracy of frequency, each of us gets to choose whether we are emitting muddy or dim light or bright, vibrant light that brings greater beauty and regenerative creativity to the world. Similarly, positive psychology, the work of psychologists such as Rick Hansen, and current research into neuroplasticity show how our emotional states, body chemistry, and state of health or disease are impacted by the perspectives we choose to cultivate. For more on this, listen to episode 38, my interview with Dr. Kathleen King, and episode 43 on choosing green brain over red brain, if you want more details. If you simply need to feel better, try Rick Hansen's books. If you have persistent health problems, then I recommend Kathleen King's Primal Trust program as a place to gain deep support in learning about neuroplasticity, frequency, and your health. And no, I'm not currently receiving any kind of profit or kickbacks from these recommendations. They're simply part of what I like to offer to the world through this podcast. In case you're wondering whether what I'm talking about is spiritual bypassing or restricting your emotional experience, let me address that. I'm not recommending shutting down, ignoring, or otherwise suppressing your own or other people's emotions. You can feel anything and everything on the spectrum of human emotion, and you should. The so-called lower vibrational emotions, such as hatred, fury, terror, despair, etc., are part of human life and have their place. Go ahead, feel them, and learn from them. We're not trying to shut anything down. What I am recommending is trying to move through and beyond the lower frequency emotions when they're not serving you and when they may even harm you if you linger in them for too long. The idea of spiritual bypassing points out that if we choose a cheery emotional response in an effort to suppress our own or another person's less cheerful emotion, we may cause harm because this can involve denial or gaslighting but I'm not recommending denial or suppression. Emotions, whether our own or another person's, do need to be felt and acknowledged. They shouldn't be labeled simplistically as bad. 
And when you or another person needs to take responsibility for harm caused and pain created, I ardently advocate for that acceptance of responsibility to occur. However, we also don't serve our own thriving or the world's healing when we choose to wallow or persist in states of anger, self-pity, discouragement, despair, fear, conflict, etc. They are rarely creative states that allow us to improve our own circumstances or the world's. More often, they hold us stuck. Nelson Mandela is an outstanding example of choosing your frequency. He learned while in prison on Robben Island that feeling rage or hatred for his captors within the apartheid system was a normal response, but one that harmed and limited him if he stayed in it. He found interior freedom and dignity during imprisonment and then became one of humanity's great leaders of peace and reconciliation when he chose a stance of seeing the humanity of those who were imprisoning him and a feeling of empowerment within himself. He emerged from Robben Island as a shining example of a human being at his height of self-development. And the high-frequency state he attained and maintained not only probably sustained his mental and physical health, but qualified him to become a globally cherished leader, teacher, and example of how to craft the deepest kinds of conflict resolution in the most atrocious of circumstances. If Nelson Mandela could do this while in prison for decades, and then while endeavoring later to dismantle a system as heinous as apartheid, then I think you and I, in our likely much easier circumstances, can also engage with cultivating our inner terrain so that we are guiding our own emotions and our frequency rather than letting them manage us. RJ Spina is another example, and I urge you to read Supercharged Self-Healing or Change Your Mind, his books, or listen to his many interviews on YouTube. If RJ had chosen to sit in horror or despair when a raging infection damaged his spine and created a chest-down paralysis that doctors said would be permanent, he never would have become the astonishing example he is of someone who healed supposedly incurable spinal and endocrine disorders and is now showing others how to create self-healing through frequency. His case is medically documented, like that of Joe Dispenza, who also healed a destroyed spine through meditative practices and intense focus on the reality he wanted to experience. Similar stories available in their books are those of Alberto Violdo and Karen Laurie. Before I invite you to try curating your own frequency so you are participating as intentionally as possible in the democracy of frequency, it's important to acknowledge that this isn't always easy. It can be really challenging, in fact. As I have discussed in my guide to healing, which you can obtain on the Humans and Earth website, my own path has included health difficulties and certain life experiences such that at times I have found it extraordinarily difficult to choose the frequency I'm holding. There are times when choosing your frequency is just a mood adjustment, not so difficult and other times when you'll feel like you are clawing your way up the side of a cliff. If you're in a foul mood because a variety of small things have created irritation, adjusting your frequency to one of greater peace, acceptance, or gratitude is usually not so hard. But if you're dealing with significant relationship or health challenges, 
or grieving the tragedies of the world or your own losses, choosing your frequency deliberately is a much bigger task. I've gained outstanding support from books by the authors I mentioned a minute ago, as well as in courses such as Primal Trust. If your frequency adjustments relate to large life challenges, it's good to seek support. Psychologists who take a positive psychology approach are another excellent resource. I'm going to describe one version of frequency curation now and offer another in my November Healing Presence video, which you can access if you're a member of my newsletter email list. Here are four steps for curating your frequency and being a more intentional, conscious, and beneficial presence in this democracy of frequency in which we all live together. Step one, notice when you're feeling down. Maybe you're feeling scared, discouraged, pessimistic, irritated, etc. Ask yourself if that emotion is serving you or anyone else. Sometimes it may be, but arguably, usually it's not. It's perfectly fine to feel these emotions and they do serve us in terms of our own learning and self-knowledge. But the goal is not to stay in them and their limitations. Somatic practices really help at this stage. Notice what you're feeling and then notice where in your body you're feeling it. This can provide relief and release. You can read about somatics or take a class if you need to or find videos online. Step two. Your empowerment lies next in choosing a state of frequency that enables you to feel peaceful and strong and then allows you to act constructively, wisely, and creatively. Typically, the actions we take out of fear, discouragement, pessimism, irritation, etc., don't turn out to be very helpful to us or other people. Of course, the exception is when we need to respond to an emergency, in which case fear is very useful. But usually it's the actions we take based on states of love, trust, kindness, harmony, goodwill, self-love that tend to have outcomes that achieve something we value. So once you've recognized a lower frequency state you're in, see if you need to learn anything from it, then choose how you actually want to feel. For example, if you're immensely frustrated with corporations that continue choosing to harm the earth, arguably your frustration is going to accomplish little or nothing unless you transition it to a higher frequency state of determination to contribute in some constructive way that helps address this problem. And your frustration is probably just going to wear away at you and maybe even hinder your well-being. So, this is the type of example where it's perfectly valid to feel frustrated. It's good to feel that emotion, to notice where in your body you feel it. And then to ask yourself, is there a way that I can transition this feeling of frustration to something that is more constructive, more beneficial? Here's another example. If you're angry with a loved one, your anger may be valid, but approaching them in anger often doesn't lead to a good resolution. You can make the choice to approach them instead from a stance of love, tolerance, goodwill, neutral curiosity, etc. This is creating your own frequency in order to feel better and contribute more beneficially to the world. Step three, 
Once you've identified the frequency you desire to experience, explore it. Really feel it. Feel it in your mind, your heart and emotions, and also in your body. What does it feel like to you to deliberately transition from frustration to acceptance or peace or a determination to help create solutions? What does it feel like to transition from discouragement to an empowered sense of purpose? What does it feel like to transition from sorrow to gratitude about what is good in your life, despite the losses we all experience? Step four. Finally, observe what actions this new chosen frequency inspires you to take. It may be something as simple as taking a walk or a nap, tending your garden, cooking something beautiful, or spending time crafting or creating or helping someone else in a small way. You may feel inspired to reach out to another person in a spirit of goodwill. Or you may feel inspired to create something that helps and heals people and the earth, that helps us to shift systems, cultures, and maybe even the way that our whole species exists on this beloved planet. These four steps allow you to be a deliberate, conscious participant in the democracy of frequency. Why does this matter? Well, for one, it matters a lot for your well-being. All kinds of observational and scientific evidence show us that our emotional state has a huge impact on our wellness, our relationships, our work and contributions, and our overall lives. If you look around you, you may notice that the people you most respect are already good at curating their own frequency, at least some of the time. The people who have impacted you in the kindest, warmest, most supportive or inspiring ways are probably those who curate their own frequency. You too are much more likely to live the life you desire as you practice this. But in the bigger context, this matters hugely because the people who are viewing our current world's challenges, crises, and tragedies only with despair, hopelessness, and fear usually cannot help others or help create healing solutions. It's okay to feel those things, but if you're going to help individuals, systems, or whole cultures and civilizations to behave more wisely harmlessly and regeneratively, you pretty much must be in a state of love, hope, faith in humanity, and confidence that healing change can occur. This is why the democracy of frequency and the options it offers you are likely going to be make or break in what happens here on earth. Those who are continually choosing pessimism or discouragement tend not to engage in system-changing healing actions. Those who believe there's still plenty of hope for humanity and the earth are the ones who are opening pathway after pathway for us to live in harmony with one another and the earth. Thank you for listening today. I'm so happy to have you as part of the Humans and Earth audience. If you'd like some further thoughts on this topic, further examples, and some more practices, make sure you're on my newsletter list 
so that you can access the November Healing Presence video. I would love it if you would rate the podcast. That helps more people to find it. Tell others about it. And you're welcome at any time to email me if you have suggestions for topics that you'd love for me to cover. I always have plenty of ideas, but I'm also open to hearing your requests. Thanks for listening. That's all for now. Thank you for listening to Humans and Earth. Please share this episode to broaden engagement in the regeneration our world needs. You'll find social media links in the show notes. To explore our other offerings, visit www.humansandearth.com.